Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are bringing the love, Hewitt. Make a hole coming through, coming through. Maddie. Howie. And it might be spring, but expect some snow. The problem is, Melanie, you're a legend. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, March 28th. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Coda and Dune were the big winners at Sunday's Oscars. Coda, about a deaf fishing family and their hearing daughter who has big dreams of singing, took home the top prize, Best Picture, in addition to Best Supporting Actor for Troy Kotzer and Best Adapted Screenplay for Sean Hader, who also directed the movie. But Dune actually topped Coda in wins, earning six trophies, visual effects, production design, design, sound, score, editing, and cinematography. West Side Stories' Ariana DeBose won Best Supporting Actress for her portrayal of Anita, a character which landed Rita Moreno the same award 60 years ago. The eyes of Tammy Faye star Jessica Chastain emerged victorious in the Best Actress category, and Will Smith finally scored his first win for King Richard, where he plays Richard Williams, the father of tennis stars Venus and Serena. All eyes were on Smith's speech following what was one of the show's most confusing, baffling, and truly jaw-dropping moments. A tiny bit earlier, while presenting Best Documentary, Chris Rock made a joke about wanting to see Jada Smith and G.I. Jane 2, referring to her bald head. Well, Jada, who has alopecia, immediately appeared disappointed and insulted by the joke, which prompted Will to go on stage, hit Rock across the face, and then yell at him to keep Jada's name out of his mouth. Smith apologized to the Academy during his emotional speech. You can read more on that. See the full list of winners and other highlights at EW.com. And we will have more analysis of Hollywood's biggest night on EW's Awardist podcast. The latest episode of that, the final one of Oscar season, debuts today wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And one more winner to tell you about of the weekend box office, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum's action rom-com, The Lost City. The movie debuted with a treasure trove of $31 million domestically. Robert Pattinson's The Batman came in at number two, earning an additional $20.5 million. The weekend sum brings the North American total for that movie to a valiant $332 million. Director S.S. Rajamuli's Indian Telugu language period drama epic RRR had a triumphant $9.5 million debut for third place, 
Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg's Uncharted continued to find box office treasure in fourth place, earning an additional $5 million by Sunday and $133.5 million overall. And director Sung-Hoo Park's Jujutsu Kaisen Zero once again remained in the top five at number five, earning an additional $4.5 million during its second weekend in theaters and $27.7 million overall. For more on those stories, plus other news reviews, interviews, and and a whole lot more, head on over to EW.com. All right, it is time for more secrets to be spilled on our number three pick today, a new episode of Secrets of Playboy. The A&E docuseries has been dishing its fair share of scandal since its premiere, with disturbing allegations being revealed about Hugh Hefner and the years of abuse the Playboy playmates endured while living in the Playboy Mansion. Tonight's episode is the first of two additional entries that will expand the scope of the series and focuses on twin sisters. Carissa and Christina Shannon, who moved into the mansion in 2008 and became Hefner's girlfriends, as well as regulars, on the e-show Girls Next Door. Now they are sitting down with A&E and speaking their truth, giving all the details behind their years as playmates. Here's a preview. Hef wrote a letter, old school, and he said, I would love for you guys to be my girlfriends and to move in with me and film the Girls Next Door show. So when we got the letter, we were like, of course, we're going to go. You knew what it meant to have a boyfriend, mm-hmm. which is, at your age now, a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you view the words in that letter as something sexual? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not when he at said, all. When he said to move in and be girlfriends we're like and girlfriends live at the mansion, the we thought, okay, come be part of the TV show. You thought you were going to be cast members in a TV show. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It was the best thing that's going to happen to us from the life that we were coming from. This was insanely huge. So you join the show. How soon afterwards do you realize that you're supposed to have a relationship with Hef off camera? Mm-hmm. Almost six months we were there. So during that six months, the other girls were transitioning The other girls, out. the old girls next door were transitioning out. So like we would hear on speakerphone Kendra ordering like, pasta and all the stuff and we're like what the hell she was pregnant and we didn't know so we're like we heard that like we're like understanding holly's staying in a separate bedroom now and on our 19th birthday we all went out to a club and that was the night that realized what we got ourselves into we got ourselves into like this is what it is Carissa also details the traumatic experience of learning she was pregnant with hefner's baby and then deciding to have an abortion Just one of many disturbing stories you will hear on the show. Viewer discretion is advised, but Secrets of Playboy raises some important issues and questions about the Playboy empire. Certainly worth checking out. You can see the new episode tonight at 9 o'clock on A&E. We are getting fast and frigid on our next pick, the season finale of Snowpiercer. In the TNT drama based on the Bong Joon-ho film of the same name, the planet has become a frozen, desolate place. Only a select few made it onto a train called the Snowpiercer that circles around the world and never stops. 
But power and politics have divided the people into unfair living conditions. Leighton, played by David Diggs, and his inner circle have been searching for a place to restart civilization using their pirate train, while Mr. Wilford is back on the Snowpiercer harvesting power. Wilford and Melanie, played by Jennifer Connelly, discuss which side the majority of people would choose if they could. Here's a preview. The problem is, Melanie, you're a legend. So you do have support. Former firsties, some guilds, etc. But you're both militarily outmatched and down in the polls, so you need me. Two legends are better than one. I believe if we were seen as united, then the majority of passengers would choose the train, yes. Well, of course. But it still comes down to fear. Fear of Leighton's colony or fear of the train that got them this far. There's only one way that this works. <laughs> Here it comes. Well, EW's Clark Hollis spoke with Jennifer Connelly about all things season three and a particular scene that Melanie shares with Leighton where they question her motives. She has that scene with Leighton where they say that, like, if you're going to, if you're going to keep people in the dark and you're going to manipulate them into doing what you think is right, you better be sure that mm -hmm. you're right. And I think she just felt like the risk was too great. You know, it wasn't a sure enough thing. The science wasn't proven enough and she didn't feel comfortable keeping the power from, from the passengers of the train by keeping them in the dark. You know, um, she felt that she owed it to them, that they deserve to know the truth. I think she tried, you know, she tried to talk to everyone. She tried to talk to Ben. She tried to talk to Alex. She tried to talk to Leighton. Um, and no one really wanted to have that conversation. So I think she felt like as much as she knew what it would mean in terms of her own personal relationships and what it would mean in terms of upheaval on the train, she felt like she had to make that very bold move. And many more bold moves lie ahead on the season finale of Snowpiercer. Catch it tonight at 9 on TNT. Trivia. It's trivia time. To mark Snowpiercer season finale, today's question is about the original Snowpiercer movie. Director Bong Joon-ho convinced the film's American distributors not to cut a scene by claiming it was a tribute to his father, who worked in what job? A fisherman, a chef, or a trash collector? Stick around for that answer and our number one pick. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, Marley Matlin became the first deaf performer to win an Oscar 35 years ago this week at the 59th Academy Awards on March 30th, 1987. Matlin won the Best Actress Trophy for her first ever on-screen performance as Sarah Norman, a young janitor at a school for the deaf in 1986's Children of a Lesser God. 
She also still holds the record for the youngest Best Actress winner ever at 21 years old at the time of her win. Matlin has gone on to star in numerous films and TV shows, including this year's Oscar winner, Coda, in which she played the mother of a hearing teenager. We recently spoke with Matlin as part of EW's Game Changer series, profiling the people and projects that are making an impact in diversity, equity, and inclusion in entertainment. And you can and should check out our interview with her at EW.com. And now you might want to grab a box of tissues for today's number one pick, 911. This week's episode of the Fox First Responder drama is sure to be an emotional one as it features the long awaited reunion of Chimney and Maddie as Jennifer Love Hewitt returns to the show. In her last episode, you might recall, Maddie was struggling with postpartum depression and the pressures of being a new mom, and ultimately left her and Chimney's baby at the fire station before leaving town. Soon after that, Chimney set out to find her, which he finally does in tonight's episode, tracking her down amid St. Patrick's Day chaos in Boston. But Maddie might not be ready to come home yet. Here's a clip from the episode. I can't see him yet. I'm not ready. What, what, what do you mean you're not ready? I'm not ready to go home. I still have so much that I have to work through. I'm just not ready to face all that. Maddie, are, are you afraid of your ex? Is he? God, not. No, he would never. But I do think he probably hates me. Why would he hate you? I almost killed our daughter. He's giving her a bath. I guess I... Nodded off, she slipped under the water. What kind of mom does that? Like we said, it is going to be an emotional one. But Hewitt, who took a long break from the show after giving birth to her own child, promises that this episode will explain why Maddie left and why she stayed away for so long. Here's Hewitt, who recently spoke with EW's Patrick Gomez about her return. It felt really weird to be away, um, also because... The way Maddie left was very extreme, and the way that I was feeling when I left was very extreme because I was very pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think for both of us, it felt a little bit like, whoa, what is happening? Um, And it felt weird to be gone so long. So I was super excited to get to come back. Definitely weird coming back with a four and a half month old um, or a five month old coming back to work to do, especially the work that I do on the show, which is you know, some of the heavier stuff, but it was really exciting. Uh, I was excited to come back and tell Maddie's story and answer a lot of questions for people. Um, I think the audience does have a lot of questions. Um, And I, you know, feel good about the fact that all of them will be answered on Monday. I was curious personally, like if they were going to play them out over a few episodes or, you know, kind of what was going to happen. But I was happy that I, I feel like they're all answered on Monday, which is good. This is sure to be a must-watch for 911 fans. You can see how Maddie's return plays out tonight at 8 on Fox. And before we go, we've got just a bit more from Jennifer Love Hewitt, because when Patrick spoke with her, you know he asked her our favorite question, what you watching? I mean, so much of what I'm watching right now is Blue's Clues, if I'm being totally honest. But I am trying to think of what I just recently watched. That I, well, one thing that I'm really excited about is Bridgerton comes out today, right? The second season. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm on that like 
immediately tomorrow morning. Like I'll probably wake up at three thirty while all my family's sleeping and start um, Bridgerton season two. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah, who isn't? Well, you can finally stream season two of Bridgerton on Netflix right now. That is, if you didn't binge it multiple times over the weekend already. Finally today, the answer to our trivia question. Snowpiercer director Bong Joon-ho convinced the movie's American distributors not to cut a scene by claiming it was a tribute to his father who worked in what job? A fisherman, a chef, or a trash collector? Well, hopefully this question hooked your interest. The answer is fisherman. Bong persuaded the distributors to keep a scene where soldiers gut a fish by claiming his father had worked as a fisherman. But as he later admitted, that was all a lie to get them to keep the scene in, and his father was actually a graphic designer and professor of art. And that right there is what you call a bait and switch. Well, that is our show for today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina and Callie Shep, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson.